You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Laughing at your jokes like an actress. So funny. Pouring up my heart on your mattress. Like honey, yeah, I say I'll give you all I got But then again I leave after breakfast Full tummy Tying up my laces Kiss your pretty face and not be on my way Put it on my shades and give you another wave Bye-bye, it's getting late Welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio Show for Monday, the 19th of December 2022. We acknowledge your Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the last hour of current affairs. My name's Chris and Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio. We're a show about cycling, micro-mobility, active transport, bikes, all bits in between and uh, yeah... And today is our last kind of show for the year. And today I have a guest in the studio. Introduce yourself. Hi. Thanks for (laughs) inviting me. I'm Katie Faulkner. And uh, yeah, we're just going to have a bit of a chat about some of the things that you've been doing. And uh, it's a pretty relaxed kind of cruisy thing. And you're kind of having interest in e-bikes and the like. And that intersection of feminism and women and mobility and... I do, I do. Um, I had a bit of a an epiphany during, during COVID, actually. Um, I've worked in the climate space for a while and transport. I've had a long love of public transport uh, and ended up... Uh, my trade is as a writer and I ended up at PTV writing letters for the, um, for the transport minister. Um, so, so I've got a really amazing oversight of how transport's working in Melbourne. And then we would um, catch PT um, We uh, just across the river in Kew. We rent there because it's really easy to get across the river to Collingwood where the kids are at school. And um, we would public transport it to Collingwood. But then with COVID, I finally got the guts to try an electric bike, a cargo ah. bike. So you got the little gateway thing happening. Yeah, and there were a lot of parents doing it and I'd watch them, you know, ride in from Heidelberg with the three kids on the back and I was like, oh, wow, that's really amazing. I wish I could do that. And it just hadn't really occurred to me that I could. (laughs) Yeah, and that's the point we want to discuss today because the thing about this show, and if you're listening in for the first time or you've been listening since about 2008, is it's all about kind of these entry points and translation and stuff into writing. We've been coerced another way in that you know the almost like socializing back to like you've got to have a car and money to get around and we've got to have a think about because there's some very big externalities (laughs) uh, about uh, how humans move around in built-up areas you know to put it as simplistically as I can absolutely and I mean we would we would drive to Collingwood as well sometimes and that trip from Kew to Collingwood 
was in the morning anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour. Um, and then on the e-bike, we get to scoot over the Gipps Street Bridge. It's 17 minutes door to door, regardless. Ah. So we get time, we get the enjoyment of riding a bike. Um, we're all together and we're out in the open air. It's... it's um, it's something that I wish I'd figured out ages ago because I'm one of the very few people possibly who is going to miss the school run. Ah. I never thought I would until I got an e-bike and now I'm like, oh no, what about when they finish school? And I, I'm going to have to get a job basically that means that I can ride um, to work still. Ah, so there is there is kind of like um, reprocessing what you've got to do during your daily activities. So what what time, you know, because like, the school run is a huge thing in Melbourne. You've got morning and afternoon. You yeah. Know? And, yeah, and people will be going, you can't possibly do this without a car. Yeah, whereas mm. we are, um, where we are, there's a lot of private schools around us. Mm. And so a lot of, you know, big cars sitting there waiting to drop children off or pick them up um and it's I, I don't I don't know how I actually ever did it um the you know the simple joy of cycling past those people is is pretty amazing and I do you know I do some weaving and things but I'm going so slowly at that point that you know I, I do have to go slowly past the points where I'm likely to be doored by people not looking but um apart from that once you're once you're by the river, it's um, it's smooth sailing. And into Yarra, um, people are a little bit more cognizant of the bikes yeah. than, than they are. But that said, um, one thing that I'm really excited about, we were briefly talking about some of the equity of electric bikes and the fact they're expensive, which they are. Um, we have one car and then we have the bike um, and a single electric bike, which my partner uses to get to work uh, in Coburg um, and so that's our electric vehicle which we sort of because <laughs> we can travel as a family um, and there's no way we could well I don't really want an EV um, mm. I don't want a car so that's sort of a really nice way to get around when we need to but the fact that a car costs I think Amy says around $200 a week to have a car in a mid-sized car in Melbourne Whereas now you can look at things like the lug and carry model where you can rent one for $52 a week. So you can check whether it actually suits you. You can do all those things which before you would have to outlay a bundle of cash to see whether the e-bike, you know, whether you were really going to use it and be happy. Um, yeah. the, and that's sort of changed. And I was saying we're starting to see turns in queue. Ooh, yeah. this is interesting because you, the 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 the, uh, the teal and the red. <laughs> yeah, the is was I, don't know, I can't remember if it was me or somebody else, but it was the because uh, like, yeah, there was always the joke about the Subaru and the triple R sticker on the back and the in a in a north. Now it's turning into you turn up and go. There's turn city. Oh look, there's an urban arrow, and you know there's you know there's a backfits. There's uh, it is happening, but I think. What we've got to bear in mind is, is it happening because of around here, you know, the inner, inner north, inner east? Is it because of it's easier to get around and therefore people, you know, and also the demographics, we've got, we've got the readies to do it. Mm. We've got to start thinking about the rest of Melbourne because it's huge. We're, you know, we're almost 
we're heading towards five million people here and we can sit here yeah. and feel you know very chuffed about oh we can do this mm. how do we get it into our dear how do we get it into noble park how do we get it out to casey you know this sort of thing and that's a really interesting space. I did a course with the UITP, the United International Transport Providers, who um, sort of look globally at this stuff and they're looking at micromobility um, and talking about it as that last mile technology. Yep. And I was chatting to someone a little while ago about what's happening in Wyndham and Wyndham Council are looking at how they can support cycling because the train station at Wyndham massive car park it can take 20 minutes to get out of the car park alone at peak hour so if you've got people on bikes they're out of there straight away Mm. and I'm currently studying um, environment and climate emergency as postgrad over at Curtin with um, Peter Professor Peter Newman Mm -hmm. um, who's the head of transport for the IPCC amazing man Um, and he did a lot of work on transport fabric um, mm-hmm. Which you'll be familiar with. A lot of people and... would be familiar with his his name in this space. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the um, sort of we've been discussing the idea that the electric bike actually changes that transport fabric. So the ability to get to a station without a car shifts from that sort of one point six kilometres to to much further with an electric bike. Mm. So I think sort of because yeah, you sort of travel out. Out, you know, a lot of Melbourne is not cyclable in a friendly way. No. Um, but if we can find a way, it, it excites me when councils out, you know, out further are thinking about this stuff. Well, especially Wyndham, because for the, for the West, that that is just I can't hear another word. Other than the place is exploding. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's incredible. Like yeah, the, the, the train patronage is huge, and those those car parks, which are massive, fill up. Well, what do you think, uh, you know, up at Tullamarine, you know, that, that uh, short and long stay car park up there, you know, when people go out on the, on the airport, is um, they're absolutely charging huge sums of money. Um, because at the moment they've got a captive audience and once the rail goes in, but again, we've got to think about um, air flight as well. But yeah. again, there's a whole bunch of things and uh, we'll come up after the break with um i just want to talk about there was a study that came out and this this is this is the interesting thing um about creating better infrastructure because you know it's one thing we have the means but again there's all these barriers and again what you're saying was you know the the kind of barrier for women riding is that perception of safety so after the break we'll have a chat about that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children aged three and four can access 15 hours per week of free kindergarten. In a kinder program, children learn through play, art, music and dance. Qualified teachers create culturally safe places for Aboriginal children and families. Koori kids shine at kindergarten. Find out more at vic.gov.au forward slash koori-kids-shine. Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. A 3CR supporter. And you're back listening to Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio on 3CR with Katie and Chris. Now, uh, there was a recent study that came out from um, Alexia Dabrosnik. I got her surname correct. Is, uh, can curbside bicycle lanes increase cycling during pandemic? A case study from Melbourne. And this had a couple of joint authors. Came out in 2022. Now, during um, COVID, we saw like the, the push towards public transport 
uh, public space, I should say more public space and public transport because people were trying to, this is before with vaccines, mm. um, the perception of safety. What, from your perspective, would you say is, you know, people go, nah, I will not even attempt this? Yeah. Well, we know that um, that people base the decision to ride on the least safe area they have to travel through, um, which is really... Um, which I you know, completely understand. I do the same. If there's if there's a stretch of road that just scares me too much and I can't find an alternative, then you know then I'll look at other ways to get around. Um, so that's why you know these you can do. You know we talk about big projects, but there's also just tiny projects yeah. where you do sort of you know make things connect or do one. So I did um, some work on. So I'm moving more into the advocacy space on this and promoting and advocating for bike riding. And I, I focused on the electric bikes because it is a, um, it's a slightly different demographic. The accessibility of being able to ride um, shifts if you can turn on some assist. Uh, in uh, queue, we're finding a lot of retirees are jumping on them to you know, keep up with their mates when perhaps their health isn't well, fitness isn't as great um, and families as well because they can carry kids and cargo and the rest of it. Um, and so I was looking at sort of different ways the council could support um, support people. And one of the big ones is wayfinding. And, you know, so in, you know, there's different wayfinding apps and there's different things, but there's nothing like jumping on your bike and actually exploring little bits of... Um, like little laneways to get around those bits that you don't like. And on an e-bike, admittedly, you can you can take that risk and go a bit further um, because it's not taking as much energy. So you're yeah. sort of like, oh, I'll explore it even though it's up a hill or I'll explore it even this. So you sort of find all these amazing ways around and I think they need to be shared more. So there's there's even projects councils could do that aren't infrastructure that could, could really help with that. And then there's, of course, the bigger infrastructure piece. Um, I have a, my absolute dream policy is that all um, L-platers have to do 100 hours on a bicycle as Ooh. well as the 200 hours in a car to get their licence. This is getting into <laughs> like some of the European and German uh, licence requirements. And this is why a lot of, you know, when people go overseas, they go, how come people over here aren't as... Yeah, well, it it makes it makes. I mean, there's there's what the actual, you know, young person on a bike will learn about, you know, how you behave in traffic and how mm. bicycles can behave in traffic and the rest. But there's also the parents who might be more careful around cyclists yes. because it could be their child or um, and just make that relationship between cars and cyclists. Um, that sort of I'm, I don't know how you how you fix that at the moment well but in the uk in the last 12 months there's been a change to the road uh, the highway hierarchy uh, we need something like that to filter through in australia because we've got this generational thing of just people when they you know this is just a very general general observation of when they observe something that's a bit out of the box for them anger stress um out you know um discounting oh Absolutely. And I think mm -hmm. there's some idea that uh, I, mean, I was, sort of <laughs> was talking the other day about whether we should start viewing cyclists as doing a civic service because um, a 
a study came out, and I'm going to forget the exact numbers, but I think it was a kilometre driven by car cost the economy 19 cents, whereas a kilometre ridden by bike adds 17 cents to the economy because you're not, um, you know, the health health positives. It's a regenerative form of transport, which mm. makes it so exciting. Um, and so when, when I'm talking to uh, people about bikes, Unfortunately, you don't talk about climate because that's not it's, it's, – it's not a thing that makes a lot of people move at the moment. No. It, um, we know it's there. We've just had three years of, uh, mm. uh-oh, uh, you know, or rah sort of moment. But what – I think we, we were discussing earlier about the kind of like some of the behaviour change stuff. You may think it's logical and make people change. It doesn't. No, no. You've, it's pretty much you've got to tell people it's fun and it's convenient yeah. and it will save you money. Um, but then the, with the bigger picture, the tr- like London's fascinating because mm. um, a study Transport for London did recently showed that for every pound they invested in walking and cycling infrastructure or projects, they would get £13 back into the economy. So the cost-benefit ratio is huge. And even Ligon Street, where they did, they took out the two car parks and replaced them with six hoops. Oh, that was and ages ago. But it was still, ages ago. Yeah. But people have to, mm-hmm. like the spend for those um, two car parks went from one hundred and fifty six dollars an hour to five hundred and sixty five dollars an hour. Like, so we've, I mean, some people just seem to understand economy and money, and maybe that's how we have to start talking about it. And the fact that cyclists are really good for the economy. Yeah, but I kind of like. I'm not quite devil's advocate, but mm. how do you how do you translate or scale it up for the middle to outer suburbs? Because you're sitting there going, but that's miles away. I'm five kilometres from this and my shopping centre is down there and I go to somewhere else in Fountain Gate. Uh, how do, you know, these are, these are things for local councils and local advocates. But again, there's a lot of people around with a lot of hyper-local knowledge. There's a lot more mm. transport planners and urban planners around. Again, getting back to what you say about wayfinding, there's a, a lot of um, existing knowledge that can be applied and we have an existing solution. Like you've probably seen some of the um, advocacy around buses in Melbourne at the moment. Yeah. Um, of you can, have a, you can have instant service provision on a new route. You know, the, these things. Oh, yeah, there's, there's so much you can do. Um, and, I mean, that's sort of I'm five kilometres from somewhere um, and Melbourne's hilly and all of those things. That, that is sort of where the e-bikes come into play yeah. a bit more. And, I mean, Oslo is held up as the amazing city at the moment, mm. raced up the Copenhagenized index, and it is hilly and it's miserable riding for part of the, even though no riding's miserable, it's tough, it's cold. Um, but it's been the electric bikes that have made it yeah. possible. So I think, and that that's about that planners are beginning now to understand that, you know, this new, I mean, it's not new technology, but these new bikes are shifting what's possible on a bike Mm. um, and making it accessible to so many more people. Because at the moment, people are still thinking about bicycles as, as sort of... um, Acoustic, what what term do people? I, I, no, no, no. I, I talk we, about my acoustic bike and my electric. Yeah, no, no, that's, um, co- that's correct. I've heard, I've heard similar sort of um, language around it. So, no, you're right. Um, and, um, you know, just what it, people are still 
like thinking you need end of trip facilities and all of these things, whereas whereas that shifts. Um, and so hopefully, I mean, it should be that as as new places are developed, mm. it, it, transport needs to be better considered in a much more integrated way than it is. It's silly at the moment. It is. Okay, we're just going to take a break and we'll be back after this. It's almost summer. It's almost summer and I can't wait for the Sporting Record Summer Series. We're able to stretch our legs with four one-hour episodes starting on Thursday the 22nd of December at the normal time of 4pm. We have some very interesting guests lined up for you, so don't miss it. Every Thursday at 4pm here on 855 3CR. And you're back listening to Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio on Community Radio, Radical Radio in Naram, Melbourne, 3CR. And, uh, yeah, sports. Maybe some sleepy people around today who sat up and watched the World Cup. And uh, should I give a spoiler? Oh, sorry, France, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Messi is now a, uh, you know, he's probably going to get canonised within the next 20 minutes. Um, Katie, where we're up to with... Kind of like advocating mm. councils and... It's been interesting. I took a career break this year to work in politics because I figured I could get more done on climate by um, getting people like Monique Ryan into into Parliament ah, than I could. Here we, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is interesting. And there were a bundle of people mm. uh, giving her advice around bicycles. Yep. Um, I don't know, like B-Bug and Waytag and, um, and myself were all talking to her about possibilities and... You know, she's a big fan of the Monique's a fan of the Box Hill to Hawthorne um, trail and trying to get that up. Um, and then uh, I stuck around and worked for the independent candidate in Kew. Um, and the the independents, you know, it was they care about you know these things. When you care about climate, you care about well, ideally, <laughs> transport's a big part. So. Um, Yes, there were sort of subsidies for e-bikes and bicycles generally um, were really important. Um, and then at the state level, it, it was um, it was trickier because the state government are doing some decent work on climate, um, not so much in you know, public transport, yes, not so much in the micromobility and active transport space necessarily, unfortunately. But um, the chatting... Chatting yesterday to a friend, she was like, well, things that aren't in the red and blue book, um, well, mm. not in the red book, you know, it's going to be tricky to get them up in the next four years. So with state government, yes, sort of we keep working on the advocacy space uh, and really sort of ramp up towards that next election and make sure that those promises are in those books. Uh, but the exciting thing is the council's coming up mm. next, next 2024, and it's already time to sort of start talking to councillors, talking to people who are interested in running for council and making sure they understand biking in your area. Um, it's 
I've been surprised by Burundara, the amount of people in the electorate who care about biking. I thought I was a little bit on my own and I'm not. So you then need to just give the councillors what they can be doing to help support the cyclists in the area and to create more transport cyclists. So you've been out having, of the people. So you've been having a chat to Borundarabag and all the yep, yep. Yeah, um I have I'm due to catch up with them again very soon. Um but that sort of look at um I'm really keen on incentives. Europe, they've got over 300 incentives for bicycles and e-bikes. A lot of them are at the council level. And so I think, you know, we can we can certainly look at that and be talking to every council in Melbourne about what they can be doing. Yeah, because you've got things like, uh, I keep on repeating it, but earlier this year I did uh, a show with uh, three people involved with the Canberra um, e-bike lending library. Oh, yeah. And so, like, you had the bike shop, you had the person who coordinates and runs it, uh, and you kind of had the local, um, you know, users groups and the things like that, and, and how it was run, you know, between, you know, like the ACT government and then Orpist, and well, I can't really see a model down here like that. I've seen some small-scale stuff with councils. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got the Lug and Carry model, and I interviewed them about a month or so back, uh, but Again, the implementation of it, you're not seeing anything like, you know, what you see with the federal government with the announcements on EVs. You see nothing like that. And uh, something I want to quickly bring up in um, news is that at the moment you can make submissions to uh, next year's federal government uh, budget that's open. And why not actually make one towards... um, you know, if you're if you're an active transport user and the infrastructure's not there, submissions are open for the 23-24 budget. So I'll put the things into the podcast description for that. Yeah, absolutely. And you take those take those subsidies for EVs, mm. make them, you know, halve them, and loads of people could have e-bikes. Well, I, I looked at something. I did some rough maths on what you could get for, like, you know, Victoria has $100 million in EV subsidies. If you divide that by 6000 you know, whatever, because that's an – Good middle range bike. Mm. How many, you know, you could get on the road and... Get it to university kids. Like, yeah. that was a big thing in Swinburne and Hawthorne. Like, mm. those kids could be riding there. Okay. So in the time we've got, uh, what would, you, in, in closing, wrapping up, what would you say would uh, people could be doing to make this space a bit broader, a bit more, you know, another step up from, you know, us, us kind of, you know, comfortable people in the inner north and inner east? How do we kind of give people options yeah that's a very good question um so I think it's about it's about people seeing people um I mean I kind of talk about SUVs sometimes and how they filtered out um admittedly the infrastructure is more of a barrier but I think if you know unfortunately it can be that aspirational sort of thing but you know if if cycling's aspirational then I'm I'm sort of all for it let's Let's run with that style. Mm. Um, I'm, you know, I personally um, am working on a group that's going to do more advocacy and promotion of electric bike riding. Yep. Um, we're called Rides Electric, um, Rides Electric Melbourne in Melbourne. Um, and so people can get hold of me on Katie, K-A-T-I-E, at rideselectric.org. Um, and we'll be doing a lot more coming up for coming up to the council elections, and ideally, yes, across Melbourne. 
Good, because there's some other really interesting stuff that was happening at uh, Micromobility a couple of weeks ago at Micromobility Conference is that it was a Better Streets Coalition starting in New South Wales and we need one down here in Victoria. Yeah. So I think you pe- us people talk to their people and we get something down here for the council elections. Absolutely. Okay, so that's uh, pretty much all we've got time for today. Do you, oh. Thank you so much, Katie. Thank it's been, you so much, Chris. Just it's a, been great. Yeah, just a quick bit of news is that the Department of Transport are conducting a survey on their various pop-up bike you to probably see these around since 2020 and we've discussed them in depth, what, what has worked, what hasn't worked and um, running interference. Uh, <laughs> I'll just politely call it that. And bike treatments around Melbourne, uh, they may vary enormously from the protected bicycle lane on Heidelberg Road to lots of yellow paint splashed around. Yes, we've seen those, the Derribin uh, Yarra connectors and wherever you are. So I'll put that into the podcast description. It's surveys.bastioninsights.com.au or you could probably go to the uh, Vic Roads website and find that. Well, we've had a huge year on uh, Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio. Uh, we'll be back in the new year. I think I'll probably be doing a probably a show on the 2nd of January, but it might be might be a little special from earlier. And uh, Val and Faith will be back after that. So again, Katie, thank you so much. Thank you, Chris. Have a lovely holiday. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. So uh, Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio. Our podcast should be up later today on 3cr.org.au and look for your Yarra Bug or go through the podcast descriptions. We're all announces our volunteers and your subscription or donation keeps 3CR on air. So go to the website and look for subscribe, donate, or even some of our events that you can come along to and help the station stay on air. Ah, it's been, again, repeating myself, it's been a huge year. Thank you so much for listening. And um, I think we'll go out with some Shona Knife. would like to thank our sponsor, Vacro's Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics, and sells bikes to the local community. If you have a healthcare card, they'll give you a bike free of charge. To find out more, search for Vacro online or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Tuesday or Thursday. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.